You remember the day that everything went perfect that day? You remember that? It was back in September 5th or something. You know, the birds were singing. The sun was shining. Traffic parted for you. You were on the top of the world looking down on creation. Everything went perfect. Remember that day? It, it's, just a, it's just awesome when things click, right? When everything seems in sync. More, more often than not, things aren't. Don't feel in sync. We feel out of sync with things. You end up in the longest line at the grocery store. You thought you'd take a shortcut in traffic, and you ended up taking the longest route. Some of you know what that's like. You made a decision, and you thought it was a good decision, and you go, oh, man. I, <coughs> I, was, uh, I read, read something I thought was interesting. When we, want, we all want to have clarity in our lives, right? right? We, we don't like to live with uncertainty. But um, first of all, um, I know for me, I have to get over it because looking forward, life is always certain. Looking backward, it's like I, should, I knew better. I, you know, looking backward, it looks so clear. Like, well, it's so obvious. Going forward, not so much. We all have pressures in our life that can make us feel out of sync. Out of sorts, right? We have things that are daily pressures, weekly thoughts, concerns that we have that get us out of sync. We're going to be talking about getting in sync with Jesus because I believe being in sync with Jesus is foundational for everything else in our life. When you think of being in sync, maybe you, some of you remember the pop group In Sync with the boys singing, boys band singing perfect harmony. Like if you've ever heard really, really you know, multiple voices in harmony, and they're in sync. It's like so good. You know, it's like, I could do that. <laughs> and, oh, it's so good when things, when you hear that beautiful harmony. That's what in sync, it means to be like in harmony, where things are, are coming together um, or in tune. Being in sync with Jesus. I believe that if you can really understand what it means to be in sync with Jesus, everything else in your life will be in harmony. Now, that doesn't mean it will be perfect. It doesn't mean that birds will sing in, in traffic part and everybody does what you wish. But you will find that from the center out that you'll be able to live what, you, what I would call um, in sync with Jesus. It begins in here. It begins here. Everything, everything about us begins here. I think it begins out there. If everything, all the circumstances would be great. But it really starts with here with what's going on in me. Sometimes you can feel in sync and sometimes not, right? Sometimes you feel in sync with Jesus and then there's Tuesday morning and you don't feel in sync. When we were in London, we rode the tube, which is the underground subway. And, and, and they have a, a, a saying there called, mind the gap. And it's the gap between the station platform and when you get on the tram or the train, and mind the gap means be careful. You don't slip, get in the wrong place. Mind the gap, right? And I started thinking about the gap because the gap is the part where you're going from one place to another. And, yeah, you could chip up a little bit, but if you mind the gap, you'll be good. But minding the gap also, uh, I think, applies to us in our lives because we can sing these wonderful songs and worship the Lord we can hear great scriptures in our lives. 
And we could have all the beliefs of the church ingrained in our heart. And, but then there's our everyday life. And sometimes, perhaps for you as it has been for me, what I believe and what I long for and what I've experienced with God in my everyday life, sometimes there's a gap. I feel a little out of sync. Maybe you've had that experience or you've been worshiping and, or you've been with Lord Jesus in the morning, having your devotion and everything's going great. And then before long, you, you feel out of sync again. That gap that we have to acknowledge is there. So I often you know, ask, Lord, what's missing? Why is there a gap between what I believe and what I've experienced in sometimes my everyday life that somehow there's a disconnect between those two things? We left the Easter banner up today because, well, every Sunday is Easter for the church. But after Easter, um, you know, Easter is all about new life and what Jesus had done. And we're all celebrating Easter. What happened with the disciples after Easter? What was after Easter for them? You know, if you read the Bible and the, and the Gospels, you'll find that perpetually the disciples were out of sync with Jesus for about three years. They would say things that would reveal they didn't understand him. They would, they would have quarrels among them that realized that there were some petty jealousies and some rivalries going on. They, they would even go against Jesus' design for them. They wouldn't understand him for three years. Jesus was working with them to get them in sync. Wonderful as we read the scriptures that even the disciples and followers of Jesus were out of sync. But then something happened. Something happened that I believe post-resurrection got them in sync with Jesus. For three years, they were grasping, what is Jesus all about? As many of us do. What is he all about? How does he apply to my life? How do I connect what I see in the real world with what you're saying to me? One thing happened, I think, that changed them. And something I think can help us be in sync with Jesus today also. This is found in John chapter 20, 19 through 22. And this is one of Jesus' post-resurrection sermons that he gave to his disciples. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus had been crucified. They thought they were next. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. Imagine that scene. That would freak me out. Now, I'm a, I'd like Jesus to be there physically, but if he just all of a sudden came be, you know, behind locked doors and peace be with you, I would need that. Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and sides. I always marvel at that. After resurrection, new body, he still had the wounds in his hand. They were filled with joy as they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they will be forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they won't be forgiven. It's interesting. Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This actually reflects back to something Jesus had already prompted them to, to try to understand what he was all about, that somehow Jesus physically wasn't enough. I would love 
to meet Jesus physically. Wouldn't you shake his hand? Hey, can I take some notes? But apparently, Jesus didn't think him physically was enough. That he had to leave some of himself here with us, which is the spirit of Jesus, or we call the Holy Spirit. He already predicted that this would happen when he talked to them in John 14, 16 through 17. And he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Who is the first advocate? Jesus himself. I'm going to give you another one. So he's distinct from me, but he is from the Father, just as I'm from the Father. He is the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you will know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Later, he will be in you. Christ in us by the Holy Spirit. That's essential. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to hold it all together, to be in sync. We are so human, though. Even if we've really given our lives to Jesus, to really that the, the Spirit of God is in me is a mystery I don't think we'll ever completely get until we go to heaven. But there's some of God in us who receive him in us. The spirit of Jesus in us. It's about a relationship with Jesus. An in us relationship with Jesus. Being in sync with Jesus is receiving an in you relationship. That encourages us. That helps us. Do you know the word Christian in the Bible is very rarely mentioned. Just a couple of times. But Jesus in this scripture and replete through the New Testament specifically describes us with these words. Christ in you. Now, it doesn't call us Christians. We are Christ in us people. It's kind of cumbersome. We don't say that. So we say Christian. Being in Christ is the key to being in sync with Jesus. This is what I'd like to share with you today. Being in Christ the spirit of Christ in us keeps us in sync with what Jesus wants in our lives. Because when we do, all of life is in harmony together. Even if things aren't perfect, even if things don't go the way we think they should go, even if the, 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 the way forward seems very unclear, we can still live in sync with Jesus. Being in Christ is the way that we can mind this gap between what we believe and experienced in our everyday lives. This is not meant to be a concept. Oh, being in Christ. Oh, I get it now. It's something I learned. Check. It's not a belief that we just say, oh, I can understand that now. This is about a lived experience, a new relationship with Jesus. When I was uh, a child growing up in church, I heard a lot about Jesus. I knew all the Bible stories. We went to church Sunday morning. If you're spiritual, you went Sunday night. And Wednesday night, that's where the super spiritual people went. Now, we didn't say that, but that's kind of un, that was kind of the unwritten code. So I knew a lot about Jesus. I had it up to here with. Now, that sounds bad, doesn't it? I knew about him. In fact, I even understand from the pastor and the teachers that he was. Jesus was with us. 
that Jesus was with us. But I didn't understand that he could be in us. I didn't understand it was an in-you relationship. Until I heard someone talk about Jesus cared about relationship. He cared about my a relationship. It just wasn't about all here and, and, and how high I'd raised my hand or how enthusiastic. It was about my everyday life, that God cared about the tensions that were going on in my family at that time. God cared about the relationships I had with peers. God cared about my future relationships, that I what was going to happen, my bosses, my friends. God cared. And then I realized that it was about a relationship that God wanted to be in me. It wasn't just about a God that was with me, helping me to do whatever I wanted to do. It wasn't just learning facts about him, because you can learn all the facts and still miss this in-you relationship with Jesus. In sync with Jesus is about a relationship first and above all things. Even though he's not here physically, the relationship with people was never shattered when he went back to the Father. He's still with us today. The key is living in Christ and in Christ relationship. What do I mean by living in Christ? That means we connect with him. We, 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 the word in a, that I would use is we identify with him. When you go and how many are sports fans of some kind? Okay, could you all come over here? Just kidding. When your team scores a point, what do you say? We scored! If your team won, you say, we won. What do you mean you won? You were not on the field. You didn't do anything to make it happen. What we're doing is we're identifying with our team. When they win, we win, so to speak. We identify with them. In Christ, we identify with him. When he wins, we win. In Christ, we share his story. His story becomes my story. His life becomes my story. This is huge if we can understand what it means that's in Christ's relationship. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Something old is no longer a part of my life when I'm in Christ. And something new has happened. His life in mind. What he went through, I went through. Here's a core scripture I want to leave with you. And unpack just this one verse, Galatians 2.20. It's kind of an obscure one. It has some words that we're not used to hearing in everyday conversation. And maybe it's tough for us to grasp. But this is what Paul says about what this in Christ relationship is all about. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's some unusual terms in there. Crucified with Christ. What is that about? Some kind of personal masochism? What is that about? The key is the prepositions, my friends. Paul uses two words, in and with, in this scripture. And he mixes them up. That we are in Christ, and that with Christ I am crucified, and in Christ I have new life. 
with Christ, everything is shared. With Christ, I died to my old life. With Christ, I have new life. So that with Christ, I can be in Christ today. Christ died on my behalf so I, can, I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? It means to identify completely with Jesus. I identify with him. Jesus has joined his life to yours so you can be in sync with him. And he's doing it all the time. We praise God for what Jesus has done, for what he is doing. We can rejoice and be excited that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead. And what he has been done, but what he is doing, that somehow there's the presence of what Jesus is doing makes an uh, some kind of effect on us today. The verb he uses is has been. Now, in our English language, we only have past, present, and future. But Greek has thousands of words for verbs. Crazy. And this verb actually means something in the past that happens with continual effect. Something that happened, but still, it's a continual thing. Has been mean, has been, but with continual effect in our lives. For instance, if you were adopted, and we have some people that have been adopted, there was an event in your life when you were adopted, but there's never a time when you're not adopted anymore. Okay, but so it's a it's a it's a past event that has been with continual effect. It continues to work itself out in our life. So this is the word he's saying. Yes, Jesus died. It was crucified, but I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet. He lives within me. Something that happened that has continual effect in my life. Let's start with the hardest one, crucified with Christ. That's a tough one for us. When we're in Christ, our lives are connected to him dying for us. We are crucified with Christ, and now we live by faith in Christ. If I had a huge debt, and you decided that you were going to pay it off, any volunteers? If you paid off my debt, somehow... What you did for me, I did too because you did it on my behalf. Okay, You did it on my behalf. There's a wonderful story that illustrates this, The Tale of Two Cities. Anybody ever read that book? See the movie. It's very Christian in its overall theme, and I'd just like to share you just a little bit about that. There's two guys in there that, are, that look very similar. They're friends. One's named Charles Darnay and the other is Sidney Cartman, and they look remarkably alike. And interesting, his friend Sidney does something amazing to help him out. Darnay, Mr., uh, both of these guys fall in love with Lucy Manette. Two guys, one girl. Not a good formula. But Lucy decides that she's going to go with Charles. And he, she falls in love with him and they get married. Uh, Sidney shows up to her door at night. You think, uh-oh, that's not going to be good. He says, listen, I love you implicitly and I'm here to support you. And if there's any way that I can help you, I am here for your good. Even though you didn't choose me, I still love you and I want your good. I have only your good in store. Well, there's a revolution going on. And, and unfortunately, Darnay is charged in England with providing secrets to the French. And he's charged with freezing, uh, treason and, and uh, sentenced to death. And he's in prison. And there's no escape from that jail. But if you remember, Sidney looks a lot like Charles. So what he does is... Um, Sidney goes in, and he, uh, he has a, a guy there that um, they, they, they arrange for him to sneak into the jail. 
So Carlton goes in there. Um, he influences um, the person who's in charge. And he goes into Darnie's cell. He drugs him. And then he has the person. He's arranged because there's some kind of influence to drag out um, his body while he's sitting in a place. And Darnay's carried out of prison to safety. Carlton, Carlton uh, does die in Darnay's place at the guillotine. But he's satisfied that he knew he did the right thing. He dies in the place of a friend because of the love he has for them. Doesn't that have great implications for us? Somehow, when Sidney died, Charles died. He took on a new identity. He no longer had that life, but he didn't die, but he had someone die for him. He dies as well. When Christ died for you, he died so sin will have no longer any power over you. It's dead. We all have some struggles and pressures that we have in our lives, but we need to liken them to dead. What do I mean? If you have ever had a dark thought, you thought, oh, man, that was not a very nice thought. Here's how you deal with it. I'm dead to that. Jesus died so I can be dead to that. That thought never is mine. Don't own the dark thoughts. Don't say, oh, how could I? No, this, this is not your thought. This is crucified with Christ. This is, again, there's a kind of a mystery. How does this all work? But Jesus identified us. When he died, that part of me I liken as dead also. When I'm tempted to do something I know that's not right, I say, no, that's, that part of me is dead. When I have fears that dwell up within me and they seem to overwhelm and the anxiety is overwhelming, I said, no, that is not who I am. I have died with Christ and that does not dominate my life anymore. I'm dead to that. It's really hard to be up all the time. That you wish you could be. To keep myself happy. That, I can't do that. I have to say, I'm, I'm all the things... The negative, the dark things about me, I'm dead to that. How often do I let busyness and anxiety drive me? That's me. I don't know about you, but sometimes it drives me. And it gets me out of sync with Jesus. And I have to come back and confess that I've been resisting him to some degree. And I have to die to that part of myself that chooses all that junk. And I said, I'm dead to that. That is not who Jesus has made me. This world doesn't help much because the world is kind of driven that way also. When I'm out of sync with Jesus, what I mean is he's not the center anymore. I push myself in the center. Did you ever put yourself in the center? How can you tell? I can tell how when I put myself in the center, I'm getting angry when I shouldn't be. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting discouraged. I'm full of anxiousness, fears. I put myself in the center. And I kind of, Lord, I want you to help me, but I still want to kind of be in charge here. It's kind of a Jesus alongside me. You just help me get through life. Going to help me when I need you. Thank you. Nice, Jesus. But I'm still the center. That's not being in sync with Jesus. It's putting him as the center of our life. Rece uh, this last what, couple years ago is a great movie. I, I loved it called Frozen. Anybody see that? Just loved it. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 you know, let it go. Sometimes you're driving down the highway and just let it all go. I don't care anymore. But Disney inserted some words in there that I would believe that are not very helpful for us. 
because it's, it perpetuates the same myth that I'm the center. You can go to almost any genre, music, movies, books. It always places us at the center. How many of us vicariously have lived out our life through another hero that we've read about or seen? And I'm the center. I'm the one who saved the universe because God has ordained me with the secret to change the whole thing. That's continually perpetuated. But she says this one word in her, when she's going through a very difficult time, I think some of us can identify with her darkness. She says, it's time to see what I can do. You know, all those people have rejected me. To test the limits and break through. And here it is. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. I'm the center. This is the temptation that continually gets. Forget everyone else. Forget the limits. I am going to put myself. Everybody else has discouraged me, so I'm putting myself at center. It's our biggest temptation, probably. If you want to believe in someone, just believe in yourself. But in Christ, it's different. This is what makes Christians distinct. He's the center. I am not. The old self-centered part of me, I'm to liken it to dead. Being in sync with God means that I am not the center. He is. But I not only identify with Christ's death, he doesn't stop there. That wouldn't get us in sync. He says, we also identify with his life. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb and die, and all the bad stuff didn't die for our lives. We have new life with him now. Paul prays, this, he says, Christ is in me right now. He's my center. In Christ means I totally identify with the living Christ. Past thing that happened that has presence. She all right? I think she came in the wrong door. Here comes her husband. Would you mind just praying with her? That's okay. I see that's a pretty steep, pretty steep uh, incline right there. If he came in the wrong door, she's okay. All right. All right. Um, so Christ lives in us. Okay, In Christ, I live with him. Next week, I'm going to be baptizing some people. I have four people being baptized. Many of you have been baptized before. Many of you have not been baptized. What I encourage you is to consider between now and next week, if you've never been baptized, to be baptized. Because baptism is a symbol of what God has done in your life, that you are in Christ. It's the act every time I do it, every time I explain it to people who are being baptized, I'm saying you're identifying no longer with the part of you that's focused on yourself. You're identifying totally with Jesus. That water is a symbol that everything, my old self-centered part of me is dead. And I come up out of the water and that symbolizes I have new life with Jesus. And so you're declaring it to yourself, to the church, you're part of what he's all about. Paul said this about, uh, or in Acts, it says this about Peter. Acts 2.38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins so you receive the Holy Spirit. So baptism is an opening up ourselves to, to, to that we have opened up our lives to receive that Holy Spirit, that in Christ relationship. Christ in us, in relationship with him, and he becomes increasingly re real to us. 
It means 100%, all in with Jesus, the spirit of Jesus in us. Now, here's the thing about the pressures in our life. I have found that the pressures in my life can do one of two things. Either they get me out of sync with Jesus or they can push me toward Jesus. Either they can get me so I'm feeling like I'm not connected with the Lord the way I should. There's a huge gap between what I believe and how I live. Those pressures can get me off track. We all have them. But they also can be a gift. How can they be a gift? They can push us right back to Jesus so he's center again. Every time I feel pressure, it's a temptation to do one of two things. Either I'm going to give in and I'm going to get myself out of sync and give in into all that stuff, or I am going to let that pressure drive me back to be in sync with him. So I'm, I come to him and I say, Lord, what is true about you is totally true. I cannot live this life in sync without you. That I needed you to die for my sins and all the dark parts of my life. And I needed to know that you rose again so I can have new life in me. It, sink, it centers me. It gets me in sync again. I feel like I'm in harmony with him. No, life doesn't go perfect. And I still get frustrated and I get angry and I still like don't know what to do with some things. But inwardly, something happens within me. So now my life is aligned with him. He ends with, this, with these words, I live by faith in the Son of God. The Bible doesn't have the words in sync. But it does have the word faith an awful lot because faith puts you back in sync with an in sync relationship with Jesus. When I get off track, the worst thing I can do is just beat myself up about it. How many have ever done that, right? You just go right back to Jesus again and say, here I am, Jesus, with all my stuff. You put me back in sync and give him some space to do that in your life. Faith is putting your trust in Jesus. We're never fully there. We're never perfectly in sync. I know. It's a process. If you ever get the idea that somewhere, someone is just living a perfectly in sync life, they are not. But we can start moving in the direction that more and more our lives become connected with him. That I trust Jesus. This is what faith is. I trust Jesus with my whole life, 100%. I'm offering it to you. I am not the center anymore. You are the center. But it only happens by invitation. God doesn't come barging into our life and demanding things from us. He comes in gently by his Holy Spirit. And he's just kind of, will you let me in? Will you let me be the center of your life? And then I will come and I will do the rearranging. I don't like him to rearrange. I like to do it myself, don't I? The hard thing is there's so many things in the life to get us out of sync with him. Lord, help me. No matter what's going on, help me to be in sync with him. By Jesus' death, resurrection, we are made in sync. We don't make it happen. We don't earn it. God doesn't owe it to us. It's totally by grace. Faith is what connects our life with what Christ has done in every part of his life. Isn't it amazing that the God who created this world, we had that one beautiful day this week. Remember that? Which day was that? It was like, awesome. He created this beautiful world and you know, all the flowers are out and the sun is shining and things are going. He created the cosmos. He created the cells. 
whatever that thing is called dark energy out there, whatever connects our all of us together inside of ourselves. He did all of that, and that he that did all that can be in me. I can tell you I don't really understand it all, but I can experience it. I can experience that in sync, in Christ relationship with Jesus. He is with you, but he also wants to be in you, helping to manage and direct your life. We'll speak more about this next week. You and I are eternally linked with Jesus because of in Christ. You might not feel it someday. It doesn't change the reality. Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. But we need the Holy Spirit to come and put us Connect us, make us in sync with you. Have, do you have that reality? You could, I'm telling you, you could have been a Christian for 50 years and still be out of sync. You could be a new believer, maybe you're not a believer yet, and, and you maybe feel a little out of sync. But the wonderful thing is God continues to invite us to come back and make him center again and say, Lord, I'm feeling some things I'm not clear about. I know there's people that I'm talking to that are in this service right now, and you've got a lot of questions about life, about what's going to happen, how you're going to manage it. You'll get through it, by the way. You'll get through it. It'll be fine. Walking in that space is not always comfortable, but I can tell you I'm in it right now, but it drives me back to be in sync with him. In some ways, I'm more in sync with him when I, have, I, can't, I can't find any other handles in life except him. Nothing seems to be like I would like it, but it drives me back to that, that simple relationship that Jesus wants to have with you, that you carry it with you. There's never a time that he's not with you, but he wants to be in you. He wants to come in and say, Will you just invite me in? You might not understand it all. I sure don't. But he wants that kind of relationship. So I encourage you, kind of refresh yourself with that today. Refresh yourself that the Lord of, that created this world wants to live and breathe in your lives. Would you stand with me and let's pray.